1: Hey everybody,
2: I'm John Cena.
0: Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. It's
2: Kyle O'Reilly, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose.
0: Hey, I'm Double J,
2: Jeff Jarrett.
0: I'm Rocky Asuka Romero. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Support Wrestle Talk. Whatever Wrestle Talk is and
2: whoever Luke Owen is. Quote the Raven. Nevermore. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it. Bruh. But you really should support Wrestle Talk and you should follow them and subscribe right now.
0: Ollie told me to say this, so I guess it's okay.
2: Support Ali. support Luke, support Wrestle Talk. Make sure you watch and listen to Wrestle Talk. Or better yet, take just a moment, stop what you're doing, and bask in their
0: glory. Do us all a favor and subscribe. Congratulations, you got here. Now, subscribe and support. Thanks. Hello, welcome
1: to the Wrestle Ramble review of SummerSlam 2019, a show that we are boldly calling the best WWE pay per view of 2019. I'm going to stand by that. I enjoyed the heckins out of the show last night, and chiefly because of what I think going to go down as one of the most memorable angles ever for in-ring debut of The Fiend. That's like Undertaker levels of debut. Kane bursting through the- nope, he ripped off that. I always confuse those two. That's the giant, not the giant. Kane. I'm Ollie Davis. This is Luke Owen. I've already said welcome, so press the thumbs up button, give us a subscribe, leave a comment down below saying what you thought of SummerSlam. We've been live streaming non-stop really since NXT TakeOver on Saturday night, and we are also joined by-
2: Chopper Pete Quinnell on your super Hello. chats. Hello, hi. How's it going, guys? Are you exhausted yet? Yeah, I'm kind of tired. I look, no, come on now.
1: I, chop of Pete, the morning to you. All right. There we go. Chop of the afternoon you to you. You spoke a lot, but
0: you didn't once say chop. <laughs> yeah,
2: I know. Chop of the afternoon to you. You had a lot of love in
0: these super chats, Pete. Uh, Did people I? Who were missing you, and oh. just sending their chop of the mornings. That's great. Thanks, guys. Don't get big headed, mate.
1: <laughs> yeah, so getting your super chats, we'll be talking about them after the main discussion point, which is, for me, what encapsulates why this pay per view was so great. And that is The Fiend's debut.
0: Holy hell. I, I put out a tweet like two hours after SummerSlam finished that was just, I haven't stopped thinking about The Fiend. And to be honest, it's more than two hours later. I still haven't. I've been to sleep. I was thinking about it. I'm going to tell you a little story, actually. Get last uh, last night, you and I were getting ready to record the review, the 10-minute review that's uh, going to be going up at half past five. And I came down here first to record my side of the rushes. And the way that our studio is set up, we've got all of our lights plugged into a um, sort of a multi-plug socket thing. And we've got one set up for the Ramble studio and one set up for the green screen uh, side of the studio. I accidentally pulled that plug out. And all the lights went out. Oh, no, you didn't... And the... it's super dark in here. And I suddenly thought, God, what if The Fiend's standing behind me? Like, a genuine, like, fear of, like, what if The Fiend is here? We were deliriously drunk <laughs> yeah. and tired. So, yeah, so it's really been playing on my mind. And it was so unbelievably cool. There are a few things in
1: just, like, in, in my... The stuff I'm interested in where I just get obsessed about them and cannot stop thinking about them for weeks... CM Punk's Pipe Bomb promo. That was my life for a month. All I could think about, all I wanted to talk about. I would just watch every single second I could, re-watch that promo, watch other bits around it, find podcasts of people talking about it. Just I I couldn't get enough. Uh probably this year, Endgame was a similar thing. Lucky to have two in one year. And I'm honestly placing the Fiend's debut alongside that. I am just because there is so much detail and thought gone into the execution of this character. Every single movement, every single detail on the mask, in the entrance, the song, the lighting structure, everything, the moveset, it all is the the tantalising glimpse of a much larger
0: unspoken lore to this character. Absolutely. But I think one of the, the cool things about this is that this didn't come from a writer, this did not yeah. come from Vince, this came from the wrestler himself who pitched this idea and he had spent seemingly months upon months upon months figuring out this plan and formulating this thing and creating this world and this lore, as you said and be like, here is my pitch, this is what I want to do, let me try it, I promise you it will work. Let me in. Let me in. And it really worked.
1: I've got so much respect for Bray because usually when people re-debut, they debut a whole new character and it's kind of like, let's just ignore all the stuff that happened before it. But like the great Jeff Johns always did when writing DC Comics and he's like, huh, I've got 20 years of convoluted, contrived, not that effective backstory but I'm not going to just completely ignore it. I'm going to wrap it up in one panel in a nice little bow, and then we can move on with Green Lantern. And that's what he's done. That's what Jeff Johns didn't do this. Maybe he did. (laughs) That's what Bray Wyatt has done with The Fiend in that he hasn't ignored all the Wyatt family stuff that's come before it. He's wrapped it in a little bow, and that is now context to this new fascinating character. But also, massive credit to WWE, because although this came from Bray Wyatt... WWE oked it Oh yeah And Vince like Vince McMahon Gets a lot of flack For all the bad stuff That happens on the show Because he's the man Who's ultimately responsible But he has let this breathe He has let the artistic Vision of Bray Be mostly untouched And you know Raw from what we can see And that's his decision too
0: 100% There was that report From Pro Wrestling Torch That said that uh, 99 out of the ideas That are presented To Vince McMahon He rejects If this is just If this is the one if this is the one in the 99 and 100 then i'm fine with that like because this is so so cool and i i just think it was we said uh, on the stream last night it was flawless we said in the headlines review it was flawless and i think this is the single greatest re-debut of a wrestling character in the history of this sport
1: yeah the important caveat is re-debut there of course yes. because there have been many Fantastic debuts, and this, but still, if this was a debut, I'd still say it would
0: rank in the top ten. I was going to say, if you want to call this the debut of the fiend, you certainly could do. You could certainly, because this is a, technically a new character, mm. but the genius of it is that it's a new character that is t- is tied to the old character. Even like the symbolism of his entrance, of carrying down the lantern was Bray Wyatt's old gimmick where he'd have the lantern there. The lantern is now made of the old Bray Wyatt's head. So it's essentially he is carrying the severed head of his old gimmick and carrying and look, the symbolism of his old gimmick in his new entrance for his new gimmick. It's so cool.
1: It's on the nose, but I've got no problem oh, with that.
0: Absolutely no issues with that whatsoever.
1: So I was just saying re-debut, there's not many of those. Uh, that's totally incorrect. Technically, Kane is a re-debut because he was originally Isaac Yankum.
0: Yeah, but I think that was better than Kane's debut. Yeah,
1: well, yeah, I am just, just I th- I didn't actually realise, now I'm thinking about it, there are there is loads of re-debuts. Oh, yeah. People tend to go through a bunch of different gimmicks, oh, yeah, even like- in
0: WWE, before they hit on the gold. I was going to say, the 90s in particular was like a treasure trove of people doing a certain gimmick before, like, you know, Hunter Hearst Helmsley into Triple H is technically a re-debut of a, of a new character.
1: Stone Cold Steve Austin as the ringmaster. There you go, yeah. Yeah, but I guess, they, yeah, this but this is a real drastic change, a lot that's gone into it. So just to recap what happened, and the entrance was just magnificent, uh, with with Bray's old theme music, but done in this even darker style, as you put it.
0: Yes, the darker version
1: of an already dark, dark song. song yeah. so <laughs> super dark. Yeah, oh yeah. And that the, the crowd—they've got their fireflies out. Yeah. Um, there was Yowie Wowie chants yowie, during wowie. the match.
0: Holy s after he finished the entrance. It was. There are certain entrances that will stick in my mind forever. One of those is Shinsuke Nakamura's NXT debut. Oh yeah. And like when that happened and the crowd were just in awe and shouting, Holy S yes, just for the entrance alone. And that got this got like, the exact same response of people just going like, Holy this is awesome. And like, mm. yeah, when the match was over, everyone just shouted, That was awesome.
1: Yeah. The 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 entrance is such a big part of characters like this. But then What we were all quite worried about, because it's the only bit we hadn't seen yet, I guess, is how this character was going to be portrayed in the ring. Mm -hmm. I remember being very scared in the early days that Bray would come down in the cardigan in a sort of comedic way, and then he'd put the mask on when it was time to finish off the character, his opponent, which would have been, you know, hokey. That's good (laughs) S-word. But here, the Fiend wrestled with taking his mask off before he got in the ring. So there's already that struggle, already that physicality. In fact, masks are so sometimes quite difficult to work with because you haven't got actual facial expressions. But sometimes, as we've seen with all the great masked wrestlers, it almost levels you up because the audience can project what they're feeling onto the sort of tabula rasa of your face, which is sometimes more impactful. It's the stuff in the shadows that you fill in by yourself that's more affecting, really. Yeah,
0: your point of Kane is a great example of that. Kane's original mask is way scarier than the masks he had in his later career when he effectively said, I can't breathe in this thing anymore and it's really hampering me. I want it cut around my mouth. I want it to this and the other. And now his mask looks really dumb and it's looked dumb since about 2003. But you go back to like 1998 through to 2000 Kane or 2001 oh. Kane. Yeah. That's like such an awesome mask mm. and it's so scary.
1: But in the actual ring, Bray... Just felt like a again not completely different nope. because he still had the few spots he still had the the bend backwards yeah. creepy crab spot but he just he felt like it changed evolved as a style it was the
0: headbutts the
1: headbutts just his body he looks like someone has drawn him. Yeah, um, I could because he's his legs are muscly, but then he's so broad on top. He's got an, in tremendous shape, presumably from the muscle man dance.
0: Well, absolutely, which I'm hoping I will then replicate when I will be doing the muscle man dance uh, later. Um, uh, Pete, you're a child. Um, <laughs> would, you, uh, would you say that he glowed up? Is that a term? I don't know. You're, you're the kid here, mate. Glowder. I don't even know. Is that, Is that That's a Naomi thing? thing, isn't it? I thought I was like what kids say these days. Like when you become like when you level up into a new form.
2: And it feels like he's leveled up I, into a new form. I feel like it's something like that. I don't know if it's glowed up. Because okay. I feel like that's a Naomi thing. But <laughs> okay. like maybe it's I've something it to do with wrong. a glow or maybe something I've, like
0: that. Maybe I've got it completely wrong.
1: Imagine if they Funkasaurus this. <laughs> After weeks and weeks of really serious video packages, out comes Brodus Clay as the Funkasaurus. <laughs>
2: Monkeys on a roll, hey.
1: Somebody call my mama. And, he ju- and Bray Wyatt does come out glowed. <laughs> and just as Naomi's entrance... Kind of want that
0: more now this is going to be one of those things so to get us Mm. back on point after i've kind of taken us off track a little bit this is now one of the coolest things in wwe in fact actually it's probably the coolest thing in wrestling at the moment that everyone will be fuming is not in wwe 2k20
1: oh my god (laughs) you're totally right it's a good point just just to to talk more to chopper here chopper is a is you don't do well with horror films do you Not even a little bit, no. (laughs) So how were you watching this?
2: Well, I couldn't watch it live because various reasons, but I heard it was amazing, so I very quickly went to watch it on the network. And the network was out of sync, so I couldn't watch it on there, so I went on the YouTube channel to watch it. The entrance was incredible. It's so good because I think for this, it doesn't actually make me scared like a horror movie does but I'm just in awe of the character work that's there. So I very much appreciate it, and it's awesome. Even
1: the Bray Wyatt head. Because that lantern, when you look closely at it, those eyeballs are stitched
0: up. It's a total Tom Savini thing oh. It feels like it's come directly from the set of one of the early Friday the 13th movies. Do
1: you want to say who Tom Savini is, just in case? Uh, Tom Savini is a
0: special effects uh, maestro from horror movies in sort of the 80s and 90s. Actually, even the 70s as well. He did stuff for uh, for Dawn of the Dead um, with George A. Romero uh, Friday the 13th. In um, fact, the character of Tommy Jarvis from Friday the 13th Part 4 is based. On Tom Savini, fun fact for you. I don't know if he. Uh, he, d- he was no. in an episode of Walking Dead, I believe.
1: Right, because one of the uh, special effects guys, visual effects, whatever, it is, special effects, I think, on Walking Dead actually does a lot of the direction of the episodes as well. Yeah, but I, that, I th- that's think, not him.
0: I think there was a Tom Savini <clears throat> head, like on a spike or something, mm. in an episode of. That sounds
1: Dead. about right. Uh, but yeah, just to just to wrap up. Uh, this match, Bray literally broke. No, not literally. That's the wrong yeah, that's use of the same. word literally. Yeah, it's he, this image right here. Yeah, he he had a spot, a new move, part of his move set where he just cracks the head like that, like yeah. you would kill. Sneak up behind a, a henchman on a boat in the 80s and just yeah. silently eliminate them.
0: Or if you know, to bring it back to Tom Savini and uh, Friday the 13th, if you were Jason, mm. Jason has often wiped out people just with the the twist of the neck.
1: Uh, but if for me. That could have been the finish.
0: Yeah, we we said at the time, like, we freaked out when he did that. Because it's... that That's the sort of
1: thing that you could just protect as a, oh, my God, he did the... Like, the punt or the pop-up powerbomb on the apron yeah. or the stomp. Like, those are... It's a big move that will write, you, write the person out for a month at least, but you only use it very rarely, get that move over, and... Other uh, like the rest of the time he actually won the match with the mandible claw a pinning mandible claw yes. rather than a tap
0: yeah coup de gras uh, so Finn went up to do the coup de gras Finn actually did get a little uh, flurry of offense yeah. which was really really awesome actually because I, I think that it's it, it turned it into not a squash match which I, I really appreciate and I think it actually made the match even better um, but yeah uh, Balor went up for the coup de gras and he caught him with the mandible claw and just threw him to the mat and yeah choked him and pinned him essentially and I think you said that the only thing you didn't like about the match, aside from the commentary, which was uh, pretty awful. I would have
1: just had no commentary for this match.
0: I mean, I would say that for a lot of WWE matches, but yeah. But, I <laughs> think it would, would have worked been, here. Um, in particular, yeah.
1: And, the, and then it just like afterwards, uh, what was it? Bray's at the at the Fiends at the ramp doing this cool en- exit at the end. And Michael Cole, what did he say yeah, about I the Undertaker?
0: was like, what was that? Oh, was just, uh, yeah. He oh, said something about the Undertaker. Or yeah, something. I was like, shut up. Up, Michael Cole. Yeah. But um, I think the other thing you said was that Finn was sort of up after the mandible claw. Mm. Yeah, and I would have it, had
1: him down for helped out and stuff. And
0: it ties into the, the the next snap thing that you were talking about. Like, as a way to write off a character because the report is that Finn's taken some time off. So you really could have, like, sold this thing that Finn was so devastated that he had, he's now going to be away for, for mm. a few months. <laughs>
2: Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility
0: with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.
1: So let's get into your super chats to see what you thought before we get on with the full review of the show.
2: So, first things first, we, we've got a lot of them, uh, nice. so we'll just do some for now. Money. Uh, Triveshgar Purai says, who's The Fiend's next victim? The Miz, in my opinion.
1: That's a good, because you don't want to give him people like Kurt Hawkins or, or people he can easily squash. Uh, I, I think you want meaty, substancey feuds, and Miz would lose nothing if you he know, lost to
0: him. Do you know who I'd pick? Matt Hardy. <gasps> you tie Ooh. into the whole Deleters of Worlds thing and you essentially build a storyline based around you kind of like tie into sort of like previous Bray Wyatt feuds or partnerships and that's how you do it the next feud
1: yeah or maybe sort of an interim step yeah, because oh it, yeah it could be like an interim yeah. thing
0: yeah it's not, not a way to like let's get him over even further but just a way to like let's further this character let's take a few more steps forward before we take the next big leap with a big feud
1: because you have WWE legend Kurt Angle WWE legend Mick Foley then you can have legend status Matt Hardy yep And then, of course, WWE legend The Miz.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, if we're talking about sort of like the Mount Rushmore of WWE legends, that's your four right there.
1: The Miz is, you know, got a visitor's pass at least.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Tim Arndt comes in and says, I can confirm that during the Fiend versus Bala match, an injury was suffered. Don't worry, though, my wrist will recover.
1: So the implication there is that Tim Arndt enjoyed it so much, he masturbated so furiously. (laughs) He has injured his own
0: arm oh yeah totally so scared he got a boner
2: (laughs) it's believable uh sparks says uh was that an actual edge return or just a segment
0: now yeah i've so since summerslam ended you and i we did our review and have been asleep since so i haven't listened to any resting observer radio Mm. or been on to any of the news sites has there been any speculation on like an edge in-ring return for like a saudi show or something
2: not that i've heard of no people are still just like edge did a spear. We don't yeah, okay, know. That's interesting. I keep forgetting. Yeah. You know, I was like, wow, that was show. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was so cool, though. Uh, Nib says, should Gargano be Seth's next feud if he's called up? Also, who do you think The Fiend's next opponent is? We just talked about that one. Love the ramble.
0: I oh, love you, too. Love you, too. Uh, I think Gar- if Gargano was going up to the main roster, which certainly seems to be the case, he is going to be Cesaro this time next year.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I wouldn't put him against Seth right away anyway, because... Seth needs to win with the Universal title a bit.
2: Uh, Chris Field says, Trish versus Charlotte was my favorite. Better than Natty versus Becky, in my opinion. What do you guys think? Love you all.
1: We'll get on to it in the full review, but I really enjoyed the Becky-Natalia match. I Loved thought Charlotte-Trish actually dragged a lot. Uh, I, the crowd were very into it, and I'm I'm fine with being the odd man out here, but for me, I wasn't really invested in it uh, because I didn't I didn't believe in the action. Uh, but I really like the angle afterwards where Trish got the big send off.
0: It needed five minutes less. Yeah. It oh, was, yeah. It was the so second, long. second longest match on the show, and it really didn't need to be. Uh,
2: Mayor of Painesville, Dan, Dan, comes in and says uh, Good afternoon, everyone. For the first time in months upon months, I liked a pay per view. I am pretty emotional about Edge hitting a spear. Yeah. So, what do you think? Is Edge ready for a comeback? Have a great evening.
0: I mean, I don't know, bearing in mind, like the 2011 retirements was, if I do this, I, I could risk paralysis or even death. So they, those are quite big stakes. But science has moved on. Exactly. Shibata's just made his exactly. return. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. You know, or had, like he's you know, effectively made a return to wrestling and Daniel Bryan is wrestling again. So, hey, who knows? Mm. Who knows?
2: Ryan Kester says, This weekend was really special for me. I've been watching you a lot for a while, but this was the first time I was able to join in the chat. You all made some great shows. Truly memorable.
1: Thank you. Ah, Thank it you. was because of everyone. It was. It's so nice
0: watching the pay-per-views. It altogether. is, yeah. To the point where, I think we were discussing last night, we should have this chat off Either that we might just do every pay-per-view. Yeah, I yeah. think we should. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: Mark Osborne Jr. says, The Fiend versus Kofi or Seth?
1: I would love The Fiend to beat Kofi. Like, th- yeah. to, to be the one to take the WWE title he's off him. A raw
0: guy now. Cole was doing commentary. Uh, uh, SmackDown was getting the Firefly replays. Uh, I think he's a raw guy.
2: What are brands? Uh, <laughs> Graham Scrivener says, What if Edge and Christian return and form with The Fiend to make the new brood? Well, I mean, if you want to ruin a character, yeah, that,
0: that's certainly one way to do it.
1: Yeah, na- now that I am love it so much, my testicles are sucked within my abdomen because I'm now like, how are they going to screw it up? Yeah, how are they going to screw it up?
0: Yeah, it was funny. guy. Going through all the comments on like the uh, the live stream video and in the uh, the highlights video that we did as well, which was just everyone going like, please don't screw this up. Please, please don't screw don't, this up. Oh, oh my God, I really <laughs> like this. Don't ruin this for me.
2: And finally for now, uh, J-Dog Belinsky, I feel like I'm going to know the answer to this question, but he says, what was your favourite match on the whole show?
1: Mm. Ooh, favourite match in ring... AJ Ricochet. Loved it.
0: Yeah, I think if I'm going to say, yeah, I mean, my favourite thing on the show was The Fiend and like the encompassing match. Yes. I think for like just a wrestling match, I think I probably would go AJ Ricochet as well. I'd agree.
1: Let's get on with the full review of the play by play. So, on the pre show, uh, the first hour, we really didn't have to live stream. People were effectively watching us watch. Booker T talk and while eating Chinese food. Yeah, uh, but the Which was delicious. There was there was one cool bit where Finn Balor is prepping backstage in the locker room and the OC come in. It's your obligatory Summerslam, Bullet Club reunion. The only club that matters. Yeah, and uh, AJ calls Finny's little brother. Yeah, and he says, if you if you need help for your match with the Fiend later on, just say when. And then AJ, Carl and Luke have this really funny bit where they go and they all do a little too sweet and they're like oh my hand's cramping what is this and they do a too sweet
0: together really funny stuff right yeah really, uh, really cool
1: Finn was a bit of a you know wooden plank charisma wise again but he was
0: saying towards the end that you know he was considering the possibility mm. so sowing those seeds of Finn joining the OC which yes please yes please yes please yeah uh,
1: then the first actual match came in the, the the second hour of the pre-show only Lorcan versus Drew Gulak for the Cruiserweight title
0: I think, to be honest, we could probably just record us saying this stock phrase and use it for every Cruiserweight match going forward, which was really good in-ring action, no one cared.
1: Yeah, the crowd were pretty much silent. Uh, it wasn't... Look, this was a good match, and in-ring-wise it was very snug, which I enjoyed a lot. But if you compare it to the other Cruiserweight matches of the past, the, the, the brilliant Cedric Alexander, Buddy Murphy stuff, it doesn't even come close for me. No. As much as I love Only Lorkin. Uh, and those running uppercuts are fantastic to watch. This was just a kind of weekly TV match, and the finish came, you know, where you would expect, yeah. as opposed to oh, here's another three more minutes of really heightened drama.
0: I think that's fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Drew Gulak
1: retained. Then there was a bit of comedy where Drake Maverick is looking for our truth in the what we did the pre-show panel area. Yep.
0: Looking as small as possible I felt that they gave Jerry the King Lawler And whoever he was sat next to Booster seats So they could look taller Than Drake Maverick While he was standing up
1: Yeah, Coachman's tall
0: Yeah uh, So that didn't help things uh, But
1: but the the shot was of Drake behind Sort of talking Looking for Truth and Carmella But Truth and Carmella Were hidden In front of the set They couldn't Drake couldn't see them We could Yeah Uh yeah, I mean and then and then like Drake chases them round, he falls over, which is a bit of, you know Comedy. Comedy.
0: It's it's jumping the shark. Yeah. I think I thought the twenty four seven title was going to uh go in a different direction once Maria had won it, but it just feels like they went, Nah eh, let's go back to the old trio again and I feel this trio ran their course three weeks ago.
1: Yeah. It was a great two months. Yeah, really I, I good. really
0: enjoyed all the Drake
1: truth Loved stuff. Loved it. But it came to an end. Yeah. And it was passed on to a quite intriguing new direction. But they've they've just gone back to the well, unfortunately. Unfortunately so. Apollo Crews took on Buddy Murphy next in a an ad, added match uh, on just a few hours before the show. Yep. And yeah, you're like, Buddy Murphy, you're on the main roster now. You're not just a 205 Live guy. And here you are still on the kickoff show.
0: He went. He got called up to the SmackDown roster after WrestleMania. And this is his debut match for the main roster. And it's at SummerSlam on the pre-show in a match that ended in a DQ. It's pretty much a 205 Live match. It was a joke.
1: Yeah. But I, when they were wrestling... I thought this was this was the the quality, the level of quality I would usually expect from 205 Live matches. But Apollo Cruz was...
0: can't be in 205 Live, Ollie. <laughs> the comments have told you this numerous times. He's quite obviously <laughs>
1: kayfabe under 205 <laughs> pounds, I think. Um, but yet this was more of an angle. The match went about five minutes. But then Rowan appeared, big red. Big red. And quite brutally beat up Buddy Murphy because, oh, yeah. of course, Buddy Murphy told on him at the end of SmackDown to Roman Reigns yes. as Roman being the man behind those Roman Reigns
0: attacks. And we saw Daniel Bryan backstage looking conflicted, is the way I would describe He's still unsure of... It's still hard to get a read on what Daniel yeah. Bryan thinks of this whole situation.
1: Yeah, and I. so I thought when we saw this angle, I was like, oh, okay, so this is foreshadowing something that's going to go down in SummerSlam itself.
0: And the fact that we got three or four replays of the Roman angle We thought, oh, well, there's definitely going to be something played out on this show. Nope.
1: There was no Roman Reigns appearance, which was bizarre for a SummerSlam. Uh, There was no Daniel Bryan appearance outside of this little backstage shot. No further continuation of this storyline, apart from this, you know, the little Roman bit. It's, It's weird, and to be honest, I don't like events so big as SummerSlam being used as weekly TV.
0: Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that, but I, I actually, again, to give Vince credit, if uh, Meltzer's report is to be believed, is that we were going to get Roman versus Brian or Rowan, but Vince decided that the storyline needed more time to develop and then took the match off the card. I'm giving a massive thumbs up to that, because why rush something? Let something breathe. Look at the, the brilliance we got with Bray Wyatt. Like, they let these things breathe and gestate. So, we're giving props to Vince. I'm going to give him props to that.
1: You're right. I agree. But it's a situation of his own making.
0: Start the storyline
1: sooner! Stop rewriting Smackdown a few hours before it goes on air.
0: Brian was going to have his career-altering announcement, so he was tied up in all of that, which has now been dropped.
1: (laughs) Tiddlewax. Don't give me that. Uh, then we got Elias coming out. He sang a nasty song about Toronto. Yeah. Uh, so Toronto clapped along with him.
0: Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> this, this, uh, this doesn't get heel heat anymore. Not real heel heat anyway.
1: There, there was, some, there was a, a few good lines oh, that got There are. Booze. I was going to say, it's,
0: but it's pantomime. Yeah. It's, it's designed not to... Because he just goes and the raptors suck so you go boo but you're not booing him because you don't like him and you think the raptors are great you're just booing him because you know you have to
1: yeah i, I get a kick out of it but of uh, after he's ragged on toronto for about three minutes in a song edge comes out edge's music hits and we were both like yes i love this song I understand. and see it like every time i see edge come out i just forget how much I love Edge. Yeah. He's so intense. He's got such a great look. I love the guy. So cool. And he comes down to the ring. He doesn't pick up a microphone. And you, you
0: called it right away. I said he was sta- the way they were standing in the ring, I was like, he's going to hit a spear. And you went, no. no. And, I was, and I was like, he's not holding a mic. And then you said, oh, the way they're standing in the ring, though. And then he charged and hit this spear and we lost our goddamn minds. It was crazy.
1: It's so, like, that is a huge... Sort of development it might not mean anything in terms of a future in- ring return but
0: it does mean it's the first spear from edge in eight years
1: and that was a joy to see oh, it was a joy to see I mean wasted on the pre-show really yeah. Uh, I, that's sort of a, a great spot I would have saved for the main
0: card as a way to sort of like no, I, mean, I was about to say buffer between some matches but I mean it got such a good like pop then they might have actually damaged the match that came after
1: no, I think uh, that's, but it's not a match is it so that sort of gives people to recharge yeah, I mean, for the end. Yeah, that might bit. be true yeah
0: but I thought it was a, uh, a really really awesome moment uh, for Edge
1: um, then we got Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus the Iconics in another lately added match for the women's tag
0: titles this was pants. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are now babyfaces. That is that is it now. I think that we can definitely say no. as a fact they are now no. babyfaces because the commentators were talking about what a great friend Nikki Cross is to Alexa Bliss and what a great friend Alexa Bliss is to Nikki Cross. So that whole storyline that Bliss is just... Messing with her or whatever has been dropped or whatever, and they are now just best friends, and they are the baby faces.
1: You wait till Raw; they'll be heels again I when they hate, face the Kabuki Warriors. I Hate
0: this storyline so much. Yeah, uh,
1: and this match was no good. In ring, it was terrible. I thought uh, just just bad all around. Uh, the commentary was Corey Graves was in obnoxious mode. I didn't quite like how that sounded either. Uh, Alexa was cosplaying as Buzz Lightyear, and the iconics. It was Billy Kay, wasn't it? Had her Maleficent headdress on, so it was sort of a Disney versus Disney thing. That is by far the most interesting thing that happened in this match. Yeah,
0: Alexa Bliss tried to fire at um, I think I believe it was Billy Kay the with the with the laser uh, <laughs> thing. But as we pointed out in the live stream, not one person when uh, Alexa did Twisted Bliss said that was falling with style, which is failing with style. The
1: joke head. is right there, right there
0: for you. Uh, but yeah, I that was. Rubbish! It was
1: rubbish. Um, Main card starts. uh, We get some pyro. I wish they gave Edge pyro.
0: Yeah, but you don't want to, like, you know, give away the big pyro on the pre-show, do you? Well, then
1: put Edge on the main (laughs) card. Uh,
0: And we opened with Becky Lynch
1: versus Natalia. Speaking of confusing heel face dynamics. Mm. So you know, this is fine. I'm I'm all for three-dimensional characters, but at the same time, Becky Lynch is one of your more over characters, and you want to give a as much momentum as possible and to do that you really need like some clearly defined heel characters to go up against
0: like Lacey Evans
1: Natalia in her home country wearing a Canadian flag why would you do that just splits the
0: audience yeah because so she's been acting heelish for the last couple of weeks on TV and then she came out here with the Canadian flag, and I was like, oh, okay, so she's going to be a babyface in the match because she's in her own home, uh, home country. Then she starts telling the crowd to shut up, and I was like, oh, so you are a heel. In which case, why did you bring down a Canadian flag? Yeah. Who booked that?
1: Yeah, it's just sloppy. It it's, is uh, sloppy. It's like, just, uh, again, I'm all for multifaceted characters, but this is just... It's, it's quite simple. Just, say, just keep it simple, simple yeah. here. But
0: also, like if you're Natalia, why would you carry a Canadian flag and then tell your Canadian fans to shut up? Yeah. This makes no sense. Thankfully, the,
1: match was the great. in-ring stuff here I really, really enjoyed. Mostly because it's a submission match, which I thought they adhered to that stipulation very well. And i never really seen it done so well. Of using the ropes and turnbuckles and ring posts to enhance submissions. there was this great spot early on when Natalia had a sharpshooter on Becky Lynch round the second turnbuckle. yeah,
0: and like with the around the board as well. like it was so so cool. Mm. like visually really, really awesome. and it was built around, as you said them not being able to have rope breaks and the them using their submission moves to try and like i'm just gonna do as much damage as i possibly can to make you tap out and the person in the submission move trying to use or well, scramble to whatever they can to try and gain some sort of advantage to get out of the hold and you had them trading submissions as well becky did the sharpshooter natalie did the disarmer and, and eventually becky won with the disarmer i thought it was really really good
1: yeah for me best women's match on the show yeah. by by a I really liked it, yeah, by I'd, a long I'd way. I bet you
0: by a long way, yeah.
1: Uh, then we got Trish Trellis doing... Look, her her delivery's bad anyway. I think we can all agree on that. Yes. But the script that she had to deliver here was awful.
0: I'm a mum.
1: It was I'm a mum. As a... Bubba women's champion. As a Hall of Famer. Like, no one speaks like this. No, it was bad. Uh, so that was bad. But then we got... Dolph Ziggler versus Bill Goldberg.
0: Yeah, this match is exactly what you wanted it to be, and then some.
1: Yes. So, just to give you the whole overview of this, Dolph comes out, cuts a promo how Goldberg isn't good enough to face him. Goldberg gets the great entrance. That's all I want to see, really. I just want to see an entrance, and I want to see a spear. I don't even. I can take and or leave the jackhammer. I just want to see a spear so, in the so entrance. So the Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goldberg comes out. Uh, there's a great opening where Dolph just they, they square off and Dolph really quickly hits a super kick. Goes for a pin, for a one kick count. out at one. Yeah. And that was like a really fast opening. It was a really good way to hook you in. Hits another super kick. What like kick out at one, but then Goldberg spear jackhammer win in 1 minute 50 seconds. Lovely stuff. Brilliant. Lovely. And he's walking off. Then Dolph gets on the mic again. You can anyone can get lucky once. <laughs> I want you to fight me again. So Goldberg's like, "All right." And, All right then. and he walks down and he hits another spear on Dolph. And I'm like, "Ah, eh, that was funny. It wasn't as good as the first one, though. I don't really know why you would have done that." But like a joke that gets sort of rubbish in the middle, but because you just keep doing it, gets funny again. Yeah. Goldberg walks off. Dolph again gets on the mic and's like, "Yeah, yeah, I can still beat you. Give me another chance." And Goldberg's out the arena by this point. And then his music starts <laughs> up again. He comes out. It, like, picks up Dolph, taps him on the shoulder condescendingly, Looks like he's just going to leave him there, but doesn't. Bounces off one set of ropes, then the other. Huge spear. Dolph's
0: selling was amazing. Just, like, really grabbing the gut. He flipped over, land, like stood up, and then fell down again. It was proper like Shawn Michaels, Hulk Hogan, SummerSlam 05 but Dolph was taking it seriously and wasn't doing it to take the piss yeah
1: yeah it was like all the sort of athleticism of selling the bump but I thought like the pain on his face grabbing the, the core yeah. Seth Rollins take notes <laughs> that's how you sell the torso I was
0: going to say Seth was like backstage looking at Dolph and looking at Rick and Shaker like oh what marks Is selling it? their injuries
1: psychology yeah. don't need that at the top of the card
0: to, uh, to your point I remember Kevin Smith telling the story when the uh, the Clerks animated series there's a joke where they're doing like the Batman walking up the wall where you kind of film you just walking along and they flip it up. And it's them walking over a building going like, why are we walking like this? And the camera writes itself and shows they're just walking on flat ground. And Kevin Smith tells a story that the guy who he was running the show with would be like, we do the joke three times, it's funny. You do the joke four times, it's not funny. You do the joke 27 times, it becomes <laughs> funny again. It's the family guy approach, yeah.
1: really, uh, with those those chicken guy fights. Um, so I loved the goldberg Dolph stuff. yeah I thought it was brilliant. This was... At up
0: to this point, a great SummerSlam already. Yeah. Um,
1: then we go backstage. Biggie and Xavier have this fun pep talk with Kofi. They say they've got a special celebrity guest to help psych him up. Uh, of course, it's in Toronto, so the Toronto Raptors just won the NBA. Whatever. E- like everyone had to mention that in their promos.
0: Every single person had to mention it.
1: Remember the three weeks after WrestleMania where. No matter what feud you were in, you had to begin with. And congratulations to Kofi and Becky Lynch for <laughs> winning at WrestleMania. It was that, but with the NBA Toronto Raptors Stanley Cup. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Stanley Cup World don't, Series. No, no, yep, yeah,
1: that's exactly what it is. Watch everyone get triggered. Uh, but I've got Drake, the the R and B. Yeah. Brilliant, just genius R and B artist. Watch out, ladies. Mhm. He um, he said we've got Drake here, but it's Drake Maverick, and Drake Maverick did a funny rap. Name dropped Ealing, which is a place in West London. I was going to say, actually, <laughs> place near and dear to my heart, so they got a big pop out of me. Uh, and yeah, it was, and, and Drake said, sorry, guys, you, you told me R-Truth was going to be here. And then he walks off. That was funny. Um, then we got, continuing the, the great in-ring action, for me, the best in-ring match of the night: Ricochet versus AJ Styles.
0: Oh, this was great. This was great.
1: Uh, just before it got started, though, they do a, a, a pan of all the international commentary team. And they're going across and they say, and the Chinese commentary team. And it's our truth and Carmela, And they start doing really over-the-top English accents.
0: Yes. Yeah, I it was the Japanese team. Oh, okay. It was one of, the, it was one yeah. of the, the announced teams. And, yeah, it was them, like, dressed up in, in disguise. It was more... More comedy. Yeah,
1: and then Drake tries
0: to find them, and yeah. they weren't There There's no payoff to it, though. <clears throat> no. you think if they were going to do all of these segments... Like, you, Brennan, this is the third segment on this show. You'd think there would be some form of payoff. Yeah. And there wasn't. Nah. Uh,
1: apologies if you can hear drilling, by the way. That's yep. just started. It's in another room. There's nothing we can do about it. But this in-ring match... First of all, Ricochet comes out dressed as Nightwing, which is the... Uh, Oh, come on, help me out. Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson, Robin, sort of graduation character. An awesome comic book character from DC. Uh,
0: the Glow Up, I believe it's called. Yeah, I don't think it's called that at all.
1: <laughs> but he looked terrific. It was an all-over body suit, uh, And just like a superhero, he... From, from the get-go, this was like... Indie Ricochet. Oh yeah. Where he was just doing all these amazing flips, far beyond what we've seen him do, and at a much faster pace, I would argue, as well, than what he's usually allowed to do on TV. And then quite early on there's this fantastic spot where the club are outside, because AJ's been thrown out the ring by Ricochet. Ricochet goes to dive, but there's this convoluted, really like cool-looking flip over the ropes. And then runs on Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, and hits a hurricanrana
0: Yeah, so just to reiterate that, he essentially stepped on Anderson to then step onto Gallows, like on their shoulders, and then hit a hurricane run on AJ. No one slipped, no one fell. This was amazing.
1: And so Ricochet would do those sort of moves? aj can do those sort of moves as well but that wasn't aj's purpose in this match instead aj just viciously chopped at the legs his kicks were so vicious looking and created such a sound that i felt them in my own legs as a viewer
0: that then led ricochet to really sell the leg throughout it to one point he even did a big springboard clothesline almost like a phenomenal forearm he did it on one leg he didn't just like i'm just gonna Knockout. I'm, not, I'm just going to stop selling this because I need to do the springboard. It was like, no, I need to add this into the story. I'm going to do a springboard with one leg, which actually then makes it look more impressive.
1: And then when AJ eventually rolls through to the Calf Crusher, we're like,
0: oh, no. Yeah. And it makes you so invested
1: because you, you, you're feeling Ricochet's pain from how his knee's been worked over. Uh, it was just great stuff all the way through. But then the, the finish was after Ricochet took out Gallows and Anderson on the outside because they were sort of distracting. Yeah. Uh, Ricochet gets to the. Uh, this finish is incredible. He gets on the top rope. Anderson distracts him a little bit. Ricochet does a sort of phoenix splash, you reckon it was? I
0: think he was. Yeah, in the kayfabe world of wrestling, he was going for a phoenix splash because he thought AJ was on the ground.
1: Yeah, so Ricochet's back is to AJ. Should have checked. <laughs> And he does this You Look know Both ways A, a twisting Spinning Upside 450. down 450 move Off the top rope So much momentum there From just all those rev- Resolutions Revolutions. Res- resolutions. Revolutions. All those resolutions New year's resolutions <laughs> And AJ Catches him In the Styles Clash Hits the Styles Clash For the win Just Perfect execution
0: it, Again like the Stepping on uh, Gallows and Annals On the outside This This couldn't have gone any smoother, and it's just a testament to how good these guys are. It was s- phenomenal. I mean, you know, no pun intended. It was phenomenal to watch.
1: I hate making this comparison because I just get your impression of Taz in my head. It's like a video game, Cole. <laughs> but this was like a cutscene animation yeah. in in a wrestling video game.
0: It's one of the, like a reversal in a video game where you get like, ah, you can't do that in real life, though. Could you? Yeah. It.
1: Incredible. I love this match. I, I I love the psychology of it. I love the the high spots of it. Just
0: great. I thought it was amazing.
1: Yeah. Uh, then we've got the Street Prophets backstage. They sort of run through what's happened on the show so far, as is their their sort of gimmick at the moment. Obligatory Raptors mention. Yep. And then Dawkins. <laughs> Dawkins continuing his really quite funny infatuation with Nikki Cross. He
0: loves him some Nikki Cross. (laughs) He looks at the
1: camera and starts to ask out Nikki Cross. by Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, and and Ford is like, man, what are you doing? And Dawkins (laughs) says, I've got to take the shot, man. (laughs) It was so funny. Um, But then Ric Flair walks in, and they all start... Rick flaring up, hype, you know,
0: profiling, profiling, jet riding, yeah, all of that sort of stuff. And it was, really, and then at the end of it, as the camera was like <laughs> fading away, Montez Ford does his elbow drop to the floor. Yeah,
1: like the camera is cutting away from him as he as he's going down. Really funny
0: stuff. Those guys rule.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. now the crowd were a, just because they had so much fun already. Sure, we're only about an hour and a half into the main show, but we've also had two hours of pre-show. Three and a half hours by this point. This show flew by, by the way, but it was still way too long. I think it It, only flew by because we're quite accustomed to long events now.
0: I was going to say it flew. It it felt long if you include the pre-show, but many people don't, and I think that's fair enough. And actually, the card going three and a half hours was quite lovely. Really, yeah, yeah, really enjoyed it. Good length. Uh, I think it was name of my sex tape. Nice,
1: Uh, but here it was Ember Moon versus Bailey. And they were sorry. The TV is talking to us. Take that. Uh, Emma Moon versus Bailey. They worked really hard, and Emma Moon was just throwing herself into the match and at Bailey as yeah. she's want to do. But it just that the crowd weren't there with them, and neither were we. Like we were just chatting a lot to yeah, each we other when it was on a
0: little bit. And I feel that it's just that I, I think it's a combination of the two things that. Yeah, we've had a lot of really big things. You've like got Goldberg and AJ and Ricochet and Ric Flair and, and all this sort of stuff. So the crowd aren't going to be massively into Ember Moon versus Bayley. But then again, I also think the company haven't given them a reason to care because Moon has spent the last couple of weeks on SmackDown being beaten up. And so you're like, well, now how can I take her seriously as a championship contender? And I just think that's reflected then in the crowd not really caring in this match. There was no storyline going into it. And the, what storyline was there was rubbish.
1: Totally. But... There are so many examples of the wrestlers when they get in the ring, they draw the crowd into the match. Yeah. Uh, that didn't happen, unfortunately. No. So
0: yeah, like we uh, we talked about Candice yeah. uh, LeRae and Io Shirai from Takeover. That was a, a show that had a, well, a match rather that had a storyline that wasn't great because it should have been Kyrie Sane in the Candice role, but she was taken for more important things on the main roster. And but they those two worked so hard that they got the crowd like wrapped up into a frenzy by the end of it.
1: Yeah, and that was one of the better matches of the yeah, whole weekend. it really was, yeah. But that didn't happen here. No. Second rope belly to bailey for the win. Um, was it a bailey
0: to bailey? I thought it was a...
1: Ba- what did I say? You said belly to bailey. Ba- bailey to bailey. <laughs> it's
0: a terrible move, by the way. Yeah, say...
1: So it, it is what it is, unfortunately. But then we were right back into the sports entertainment oh, yeah. of Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens. Love this match.
0: This was a lot of fun. This was pure... Attitude era. Steve Austin's had the deck, the deck stacked against him. How can he overcome these odds? But he's such the badass babyface that he does overcome the odds, and the crowd loved every single freaking moment of it.
1: As did we. Yeah. You can't do these matches a lot because nope. it's, you know, essentially it's overbooked, and you can only really get away with it one a card TNA. <laughs> but like, you've just got Shane McMahon starts off the match by saying hey to make sure you don't cheat Kevin Owens I've got a special guest enforcer, it's Elias with his just very homoerotic referee vest, I love it and he comes out and it's just Elias is always trying to sort of interfere in the match and Bit in,
0: in exerting his authority to yeah. like, no, Kevin, you can't do that, when actually Owens wasn't doing anything wrong. And and Shane really didn't get anything here, no. which is what Shane's character should be. It really felt, going through the, the the gallery of this, of images, I did think, wow, Shane really didn't get a lot of, lot of up. It It felt like Kevin Owens said to him, was like, look, Shane, you're not a wrestler. I am a wrestler. I should take the majority of this match. That's where the heat comes
1: from. Yeah. The idea is Shane walks around, he's got all the money, he's got all these seconds who... Sort of save the day for him, but he himself is a 49-year-old untrained wrestler who just has a bit of a daredevil streak. But he can not go toe-to-toe with AJ Styles. <laughs> Why did they start to do that? He wrestled that whole WrestleMania tag match, really, against yeah, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. It was
0: Daniel Bryan's return match to <laughs> it was his return match. And they were like, Do you know who needs to work the majority of this match? Shane.
1: Yeah. But here, this was how he should always be used. He's yeah. just beaten up all the time by Kevin Owens. And really, the the drama is in how are they gonna screw Kevin Owens over? Not in, ooh, I believe Shane McMahon can legitimately defeat this very accomplished former Universal champion. champion.
0: Yeah, uh, now, and- even to the point when you called this brilliantly, when you called it, it was a near fall of a DQ. Oh,
1: it was brilliant. Yeah, so there was a there was a, a really good visual pin after the pop up power bomb, and then Elias slid in the chair, just like that kind of baiting. Go on, hit Shane McMahon with the chair because then you'll get DQ'd and you'll have to quit, which was something that was set up in that really good go-home promo they had on SmackDown on mm. Tuesday.
0: And Shane, uh, sorry, Kevin Owens really teases that he's going to use it. And Shane was essentially baiting him into doing it, sort of like tapping him, tapping himself on the face, being like, just hit me there, just do it, just hit me right there.
1: Yeah, and I, I bought into Owens nearly losing his rage because he's got that sort of character trait at the moment. And Kevin Owens goes to swing it and stops
0: just next to Shane's head and Shane's selling of it he was ready to take the impact of it oh, I was so it was a really like visually so cool yeah I bought into it yeah, I bought really. into it as a
1: DQ the, the only thing I can think about how uh, like in comparison is is that really great Randy Orton Christian match yes where the title could change hands on a DQ yeah, it was the spit into the face yeah and you kind of forget about it and yeah. then Randy kicks him in the dick that's at it, the end yeah. And that's exactly what happened here we got uh, the ref is pulled out of the The ring when Kevin Owens had it won. Kevin Owens and Elias brawl outside. They did a ref
0: bump. And and they did everything they could to make you think that Shane is winning this match. And I I think they pitched it
2: brilliantly.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then Owens gets in and the referee, like he's got the chair because the referee's down. But then the referee gets up,
0: sees it. Yeah, and then he was just like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not going to use it. I'm not going to use it. So the referee's getting rid of the chair. Owens turns around. Boots right to the McMahons, to the Grapefruits themselves. <laughs> the but big Grapefruits. Grapefruits. And, yeah, hit the stunner and got the win. Sports entertained, I was. Yeah,
1: very Attitude Era. Dick uh, dick kicks, yeah. ref bumps, oh, stunners. Loved it. Uh, now, of course, I imagine there's a portion of people going, wait a second, Ollie, weren't you really annoyed at Seth Rollins for kicking Brock Lesnar in the dick?
0: Captain Hypocrite <laughs> over here.
1: <laughs> I, I understand where you're coming from. I think it's different. I just think you're wrong. (laughs) I think it's different. I think this is more fitting with Kevin Owens' badass character, whereas Seth Rollins was more of a blue-eyed babyface where you're not meant to cheat. You're meant to rise above those Mm. tactics, whereas Kevin Owens is, no, I'm just going to be a bit of a brawler anyway.
0: I'm going to defend you even further here to say that it worked in the storyline of the match. The one that Seth did to Brock didn't work in the storyline of the match. The Kevin Owens, the whole thing that they were trying to do was Shane and Elias were trying to get him to DQ himself and be like, DQ yourself, DQ yourself, DQ yourself. And so he did the thing that would have got him DQ'd, but he'd made the referee look in the other direction. So it worked thematically with the match.
1: It's outsmarting. You cheat him, but the, the, the emphasis is, is on the outsmarting exactly, of yeah. a more dastardly heeled sect. Exactly, it, yeah. Sort of Eddie Guerrero-y. Yes. You know, like Eddie Guerrero got away with it all the time. Mm. Um, but love this match. Really, really fun. After that, we got Charlotte versus Trish Stratus, which went 16 minutes.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> it wasn't all good. I thought it picked up in the last five or so but that means there were 11 minutes where there wasn't a great it, I mean we said during the live stream that it was it was Charlotte wrestling herself mm. and that's what the first 10 minutes of this was it was Charlotte would put Trish into some holds so that Trish would then flip out of it and make it look like she was doing a move onto Charlotte Flair
1: yeah look a, a lot of people Said this was one of their best matches of the night because it had this really. It did have a a bit near the end for the last couple of minutes where it felt a bit real and like Trish and Charlotte were really going at it, and Charlotte won in the end, and Trish got a lovely send-off, standing ovation because it's her last. The crowd
0: did get into it by the end as well.
1: Likely her last match, and the crowd. The crowd were really into it a lot longer than we were, but come on, Charlotte versus Trish Stratus went 16 minutes. It was the second longest match of the night, by only five seconds. Yeah, uh, I think that that's—it's not a crazy statement to, to to say. Like, if you enjoyed it, fine. But I don't think you can come at me and say, "Oh, what? Why were you bored?" <laughs> I felt it dragged a bit. I never fully bought into the action. I know that's not the point of it. It's the the nostalgia pop for Trish. But for me, nostalgia pops should be very, you know, they're they're best served as little things. Like Like a a five-minute match, not a 16-minute match.
0: And by the end, I'd, I'd say the last five minutes of this were very good. You had Trish locking in the figure eight on Charlotte, which was a really, like, that really got the crowd up. Some big boots from Charlotte. And then, yeah, she locked in the figure eight and won. And Trish got the nice send-off at the end. So, like, it's one of those things that, you know, at the end of it, like, that was good, and it left me with a nice heart, mm. you know, good feeling in my heart. Yeah. But, you know, there were 11 minutes there where I was <laughs> pretty bored.
1: Uh, I guess you could say, but you need the opening 10 minutes to make that last five minutes so dramatic. Oh, that's a Goldberg. Uh, but, I, yeah, I, do, I think you could have got round that quite easy. Uh, Seth Rollins. <laughs> this was brilliant. <laughs> Seth Rollins is backstage, warming up, and then Bret Hart walks into shot Wants to get out there as quickly as possible Sort of taps him on the shoulder Going good luck tonight mate And walks off
0: Yeah He, more, he may as well have called him Roman Reigns Yeah he Doesn't even know who this guy is Like good luck tonight Roman And Walked off There's a You remember Casper The, the Friendly the, Ghost Yeah the, the movie The live action movie they did Dan Aykroyd is in that movie As Race Dance from Ghostbusters and there was a, an online comedian who once said that you can almost see him, like, chasing the paycheck as he's running off screen. <laughs> he just, like, comes in, says his lines, and he's just got his eyes fixated on something. He's like, and it's the guy holding the paycheck, and, like, it's over here. Yeah. Just say your line, and then I'll give it to you. But
1: well, what's so good about this? It was naff, anyway. It's, the, it's just, It just reeked of desperation of, like Seth Rollins, please. Look,
0: Brett likes him. We
1: know he's been a bit of a dick on, on Twitter recently, and there's some rumours floating around about him. But please, look at Brett... You like Brett? He's in Canada. Uh, but the best thing about it is Brett does the the quickest pep talk ever. It's yeah. just a touch on the shoulder. As he's walking off, he looks at the camera <laughs> as if, yeah, that right. <laughs> <laughs> like he could not care less. Is that? Can I have my money now? Oh, I thought so it was very funny, funny. Uh, which was not the intended effect. It really was. not Then we got Randy Orton and Kofi Kingston. Which was the longest match of the night. By five seconds. So it's a shame here because they started off hot.
0: Oh, didn't they just? And actually, it was so needed. This feud has been for the story they had to play with, lacklustre in its last few weeks of booking. The two go-home angles for this show, over two weeks, were two of them doing separate promos. And it just felt like no one was really into this match, like in terms of the creative department, because they weren't writing anything for them to do. And that's a real shame, because there is a lot to be told here. There's a lot of storyline to be told here to mine into and really make Kofi seem like a big deal, make Randy seem like a really big threat, make the WW Championship seem important, because at the moment it feels like the third most important oh, yeah. thing on SmackDown at the moment. That's your that's your top title on the brand. So it felt like these two knew that at the start of this match because they were like, "We need to go," as if is, this is a blood feud. We need to. The, the, the start of this match did not reflect the last three weeks of TV, mm. and I really appreciated that. I thought it was really needed.
1: Yeah, they got up in each other's faces immediately, even when Greg Hamilton was still doing the ring introductions. Yeah, uh, that, that like Randy's just being a, a proper dick, pushing. Kofi over over the top of the referee And then when the match gets underway Randy's just like He picks up the pancake And tries to give it to Kofi And yeah. he picks it up again And he throws it at him It was really good stuff But then It just It just dragged It just, it just, just, felt just like flattened it, out Yeah
0: it did It just sort of dragged a bit The crowd Was so into it at the start as well Really really into it but they started to fall out of it as well. Like at this, when they were like both hot at the start, they were like, "There's chance of uh, Kofi stupid, Randy sucks." Which I thought was, excuse me, quite nice and event- inventive. But they then just started to quieten and quieten and quieten and quieten, which then really didn't help when you give them a BS finish. Mm. And this was a real BS finish.
1: Yeah, the crowd were uh, unlike Bailey and Ember Moon. The crowd were there for them. Yeah, but both guys. Put on the wrong kind of match. I think so, it yeah. were, like It wasn't a bad match, but it it dragged, unfortunately. It's triple, Had a, H, it's triple H syndrome. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's just that we need to go 15 minutes minimum.
0: Yeah. And, and we have to do this style of match, and that's what yeah, we need it. to do. Even though the, the crowd aren't going with you, you're not changing your direction. Mm. Um,
1: yeah, like if, if AJ and Ricochet goes 11, 12 minutes, and the quality of what they're doing in the ring, and then you, you compare it to this match, it's like, ugh. Uh, but the... The, the 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 bit before the finish was amazing. So Kofi goes for a crossbody, and Randy Orton, as his as is his way, hits an RKO from out of nowhere. Yeah. And the follow up was incredible, where Randy just lays on his back laughing. Yeah. Like, ha, I told you. Told you. It only takes one. The most yeah. dangerous letters. But then Kofi rolled out outside, which that, and I was like, oh, I th- I thought. Kofi could have kicked out, that would have been a better comeuppance for Orton's cockiness there, and then they sort of brawl a bit outside, Orton takes him out and sort of just shows him to Kofi's family, mm. and Kofi's family blankly react
0: Yeah, I don't know why they consider always do this, because unless you're Ms. Dad you'd never get reactions <laughs> out of these people, remember like AJ's wife last year, who just like, like blankly stared as her husband when Men's like, huh See well, you AJ- for dinner next weekend, Joe. <laughs> AJ's doing his job. Yes, yeah. and I'll see you both next week when you come round. Yeah,
1: it's um, so that the family sold this rubbishly, uh, it, and then like that they're out there, and the referee just counts them both out, and the crowd immediately just start chanting "bull s word." Oh yeah, and, and it, it was. Yeah, and Kofi gets a kendo stick like he's snapped, and he starts hitting Randy everywhere, and the crowd got in a bit. With that, because hardcore spots, EC dub. But then they just like remembered, oh, no, wait, this is a crap angle, and started booing again. So it's like, it's a bad angle. It came after a 16-minute match. Like You're like, well, why did we sit around for so long if you were just going to do this? I thought that RKO moment, and then showing him to the family... That's like, okay, right now. And, and then you have a hot last three minutes, and we can reevaluate this match as a whole. Absolutely. And what, a, what a great ending. Absolutely. But they they took the complete opposite route to that and kind of cheated the audience.
0: Well, but I guess this feud must continue. I kind of hope now that they can try and add some form of drama into this. But, man, it's just like there's a WWE Championship curse, particularly around SummerSlam. But, like, mm. last year, the go home angle for Joe. Uh, AJ last year was Joe reading a letter. Yeah. And everyone it was like, oh, man, what the big go-home angle that was. Joe read a letter. And then it felt like, oh, well, now the feud is starting. And then that feud just got completely muddled. So I'm hoping now that this is the start of the feud and we can sort of go from there. Yeah. Uh,
1: after that, we got The Fiend versus Finn Balor, which was the greatest thing ever to happen to mankind. Absolutely, And then we got the actual main event of Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins, which... Again, like the crowd had just just seen this amazing Fiend thing. Balor and Brock needed to put on something big. and I, I Balor they, and Brock? Balor, uh, Seth. Seth and Brock needed to do something big. And I
0: think they really succeeded. I, I thought it was a really well-structured match. There is a reason why Brock Lesnar is a main event draw. Because he gets these sorts of reactions, even when a crowd could have been burnt out completely by the, the Fiend and Balor. And to be honest, I wouldn't have blamed them. Like because you see something like, well, there was a point where I said that should have closed the show it was that it was like the hottest points that the crowd were going to get but actually these two were so good at what they do the crowd got even hotter again mm. and they worked you know what a five six minute match or whatever it was maybe even longer than that but I thought they worked it really really well I thought Seth did his babyface comeback really well wish he would have sold the rib injury so that was the, mm. the storyline going into the match he, and it, all his selling was effectively ah uh, yeah, like a handful of times, he'd put his hand on his rib and go, "Oh,
1: yeah." The uh, especially the big high spot of this match, and it was it was fantastic to, to watch as as a visual was Seth Rollins hitting a, an amazing frog splash, got so much height and distance on it off the ring post onto Brock on the Mexican com- on the Spanish uh, commentary table. Yeah, but then you like the frog splash from that height. On the most injured part of your body, the midsection. Rob Van Dam would sell that midsection when he did that move just in a regular match. It's bad psychology, folks. Like, you don't hit that. You don't. First of all, strategically, you won't hit that move. But okay, there's a character argument for doing it. You want to win so bad, you're going to put it all on the line. Okay, then you sell it after you hit the move, and that almost. Drags on the story a little bit further, the match a little bit longer, but no, he's right up, throws Brock in, stomp, kick out, F five attempt, another stomp win. I'm like, well, just like. <sighs> why
0: did you bother doing the big beat down angle in the ambulance if you if if that wasn't going to play into this match at all? Why bother doing it?
1: It's it's a very very fundamentally. Bad issue with Seth Rollins and his matches, but put that aside. The rest of the match was really, really good. I did enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's that the opening was terrific, where Brock and Seth have a little bit of uh, a start, and then Brock gets into Suplex City mode. But the first Germany does, Seth backflips out of it and immediately hits a stomp. Yeah, amazing near fall, and that was what the crowd needed to get into this match because it, the, people have been very down on this. Apart from that one angle where really? he beat him up on the stretcher.
0: Yeah, totally. And I, as I said, I think they, need, like, they did what they needed to do here. In the same way that Kofi and Randy did as well. It's like, well, the, the feud's been a bit lackluster leading into this, so let's start really hot out the gate to get the crown into this. And I think that Seth and Brock did that well. But that's actually one of Brock's strengths. It's just like, I'm not here to mess around. I'm not paid by the hour. Mm. Like, I'm, I'm wrestling under 10 minutes because there's no need for me to go longer than 10 minutes. It's actually better if I don't. My matches are more explosive, they're more fun, they're more engaging to watch if they don't go long. And so I think that was actually a testament to this match.
1: Yeah, and he also had an an amazing spot where he grabbed the tape that was covering up Seth's torso and swung Seth round, just Mm. effortlessly. And you'd think that would really hurt (laughs) Seth's ribs. No, but as soon as the bandages are removed, that's what was causing the pain. (laughs) It healed him. Um, so, yeah, and, and the other issue is that Seth Rollins frog splash really was over a 10 count. The referee should have counted them both out. And, you know, I'm fine, referee's, referee's discretion, discretion. But you just had Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton, and the referee did count them out. Yeah. So I'm like, just to have some consistency here,
0: yeah, guys. But, you know, let's look at the bright side. Seth won seth is a universal champion again it was the only title change over summerslam weekend remarkably that's hella restraint. hella restraint, and which i i like I'm, I'm really for um and in theory now this should put brock away from the title picture
1: yeah i want to see him around still definitely but nowhere near the universal title yeah ever again actually yeah
0: absolutely <laughs> i'm on the, i'm with you on that one yeah. never again
1: uh, but it was a great show. I, really I gave it five it. out of five.
0: I, I thought it was one of the best SummerSlams in a while. I I just thoroughly enjoyed it. It was easily the best but WWE pay per view this year. I thought it was better than WrestleMania. I thought it was better than Takeover. I enjoyed it more than Takeover. I thought I enjoyed it way more well, than Takeover. I can't believe I'm saying that. Yeah. That's a first. That is a genuine first in WWE.
1: Remember all the good luck WWE <laughs> yeah, follow right. that stuff. No yeah. one was saying that after Toronto on Saturday night. No, a few really. people a few were. Few people were,
0: but like not as many as as usual. Mm. But then there were no people saying like, "Oh well, Takeover was better." A lot of people are saying, "Man, SummerSlam was better than Takeover." It was Over. good,
1: and it it caps off a very good month of TV. For, for wwe yeah, at least on raw uh, and but smackdown's been like smackdown's solid been, it's like been fine. pretty pretty above solid i would say and and you've got that and then today's g1 what a time to be a wrestling absolutely
0: yeah
2: but let's get over to your super chats with chopper Right, lightning round. Here we go. <laughs> uh, Vernon Jeffries says, "I like the Brave remixes theme song. I love that tune. Thinking of doing a cover it again on my piano."
1: Oh, yeah, go do. for it. Yeah, Send yeah, it over.
2: Yeah. Uh, the Stand Man Two 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 says, "I was terrified Ko versus Shane would end in a Toronto screw job, or that Elias would DQ Owens mid pin after the stunner."
0: I well, I thought it might be a screw job as well, and I could have done with that because Shane not winning, the bastard. Um, the one time of the year I bet on Shane he bloody lost absolute prick that he is Um, it means that I lost uh, Wrestle League Season 2 and I will be doing the Muscle Man Dance punishment video
1: Chopper just picked him at the end there. yeah beat
0: me by one point he peaked me by one point (laughs)
2: peaked it Uh, Tim Arndt says my big takeaways from the show were Edge Spearing Elias Goldberg murdering Ziggler The Fiend being awesome and Rowan's Iced Earth shirt
1: (laughs) (laughs) and Rowan's Iced Earth shirt got a lot of love it did indeed
2: uh, Judas Black says, "Kofi and Randy match of the night."
1: I think that's sarcastic.
2: Might not be. They might think it's match of the night. Hey, good, good for them
1: if if they enjoyed it.
2: Uh, Graham Scrivener says, uh, "Bray looks cool as the fiend." Also, I told you a couple of weeks ago that Kenta was turning heel. Got you guys.
1: Hey, and, and now Biggie's gonna turn heel too. Yep, it's it's about all time. happening.
2: Uh, Ant the Great says, The Fiend versus Black in a cage match. The Fiend is stuck outside saying, Let me in, while Black <laughs> is sitting in the middle, Have you tried knocking? That's a <laughs> WWE <laughs> classic oh, right there.
0: <claps> yep. Great uh, comment. That's how you ruin both <laughs> characters. That is the way to do it.
2: That's great. Uh, Wilson Simon says, Personally, I thought the show was boring except for Becky and The Fiend. I probably decided before the show I was going to hate it, though. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that might be the case.
0: Yeah, I think that's on you. Yeah. Mm. I thought the show was great.
2: Uh, Spinorama29 says, My only complaints were the finish of the Kofi match and the first half of the Charlotte match, which was just a bit boring. Otherwise, 8 out of 10.
1: Yeah. I'd also say Bailey and the Moon didn't really do much for that, me either. Yeah. But
0: yeah, that, that Kofi Randy finish wasn't great.
2: Uh, Minato Dono says, The Fiend's debut was so good. Can't wait to see what they'll do for Bailey Sting. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> um, Alan Sale says, Harm beat Heal beat Harm beat Heal So that's Bray
1: listening to his yeah. fists Yeah, uh, yeah that, was, that, was, that was a nice way to give Finn a bit of a flurry Because it wasn't Bray sort of not being good enough It was just like he was
0: ha- he, having some, having a time out with his and hands And there's a moment when he backed into the corner Again grabbing at the mask If he's trying to take the mask mm. off Oh it's great character work
1: uh, Having a time out with his hands is also what Tim Arndt does Yeah
2: uh, jo- Joey the Dragon Venom Machine Great name Says Who would have thought Husky Harris to the Fiend
0: Yeah that's a hella Hella character progression yeah, I mean I mean I don't want to be That guy that was Before it was cool But I was Like Husky Harris Day Saying like he's gonna be A top star in this company
1: Yeah he's got, he had such a Different body type And Such a look style, about him Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: Undisputed Zaya Says After my debut I need to make an impact Let me in Let me in Let me in uh, Jack Benner says who should be the first to beat the fiend or should the fiend be like the demon?
0: Um, I mean, I think it's too early to be talking about like who yeah. should beat him and things like that I'm I'm, I'm not really into in the fantasy booking warfare side of things about the fiend I just want to kind of like see how it goes. I'm just I'm curious to just enjoy the ride. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that
2: uh, Asaya Fakiri says uh, we okay. can all agree we can all agree The Fiend is fantastic, but do you think WWE will ever trust the character to hold the WWE or Universal Championship? And, and,
1: if, uh, my worry is, if they push him that much, it's because Vince McMahon looks at them and goes, well, that's a supernatural character, and I love
0: the McCarn. <laughs> or, another way to look at this is that there was a lot... Bray Wyatt merchandise on sale at SummerSlam Mm. and it would there's a lot on sale on www.shop.com and by all accounts it's selling very very well it's mostly me and if you want to get pushed in WWE you become a big merch seller that is how you get to the top of the game and if his merch is selling that well and that crowd reaction Vince may say like we've got a star on our hands let's push him pal
2: uh, Lord Zeus says uh, new raw rankings rawsome, raw right, average rawful, bottom of the bar rule
0: bottom of the bar rule is good bar rule, I think yeah. we'll stick with
2: what we've got
1: <laughs> I forget what they are enough as it is
2: <laughs> uh, Dave and Rajan says SummerSlam was good, 4.5 stars but you guys made it awesome, 7 stars also my name is pronounced Dave N, <laughs> keep up the great work <laughs> Thank you, for, thank you. And thank you to everyone for joining us over
1: Absolute, the weekend. Yeah. It was really fun. It was a lot of fun. <clears throat>
2: uh Miguel 8A says watching Orton matches are always a bore to watch.
1: Not always. Yeah, he he, he does have good matches. and It looked like he cared here. He just wrestled the wrong style of match. I agree. Uh
2: Pirate King Jake says The Fiend versus Alistair Black needs to happen.
0: Yeah, but not for a long time. Yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like everyone's just trying to rush this into like the big angles now. It's like in the super chats yesterday, everyone was saying we need to get Bray versus Brock next. i Like, like, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Let's yeah. not Let's not rush this. Let's enjoy the ride. Let Let's build. Bearing in mind, Like this debut has been building since WrestleMania. Like, and that's why it's been impactful. It's had four months to gestate. Let's try and let's just let's. Take this slow, take it steady. Let's not rush this.
1: Yeah, you're all being the, you know, the, the creepy guy in the relationship. Well, <laughs> let, let, let's move in together. Let's do this right now.
2: Uh, Ronsford Jan says, "How long until they put 3D graphics of Bird Raptor on the fiend's entrance? Oh, oh the, the
0: augmented reality. You love it. I hate those graphics. <laughs> I was thinking about it. I forgot completely about them. But the worst of the AR graphics was the Bliss and Cross ones with the little tennis balls with What's faces the point? on them.
2: <laughs> They're terrible. Uh, so Darko three <laughs> says, "Who's ready for Seth versus Baron Part Five at the next pay per view?"
0: Yeah, someone else tweeted me saying, "Like we're definitely getting Seth versus Baron next." Well, he's you know big return. Yep, we're talking about the biggest re debuts in, in the company.
2: Uh, Treveshgar Purai says, "Imagine the fiends using uh, the fiend using a severed head to show us his previous or next victim. Would it work aside from the cost factor?"
0: I think that would be pretty cool. I think it'd be really cool. Yeah. I know. To be honest, I'd imagine Bray is fronting a lot of this cast.
2: Sadako mm. uh, three comes back again and says, "So does Ziggler get a random title shot now?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> could be.
2: Never know. Uh, Anton, he's, H- that, he's had
0: enough this year. To be honest, he's had a lot of random title shots this year. It's true.
2: Uh, Anton H says Lesnar to be the next WWE champion for SmackDown on Fox. It's not the
0: worst shot in the world, it you know. Could happen. Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, Dutch three two five says uh, the fiend has almost one million views already. Oh wow! YouTube. Well, that's
1: that's another metric that WWE really look at. So oh, that's yeah. good. That is good.
2: Uh, Will uh, Will Adams, Luke Owen's number one fan, Cheers, says, mate. "Hey guys, just here to say appreciate all the work you guys have done. I feel like you guys are really my friends. and watch your videos every day. You
0: are our friends, mate. The feeling is absolutely mutual. Let us in." <laughs>
2: Ben Johnson says, Gargano versus Seth, this being Seth's heel turn. Uh, I, don't think,
1: I, I think Seth turning heel is a pretty good idea, actually, um, just because I'm a bit uninspired by him right now.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think Seth, it, it certainly wouldn't hurt him. Mm. Uh, I don't think it's just like, no one is sitting there going like, oh, he's so over as a baby face, then you, you can't really turn him heel now, but maybe it could be at the right time. It
1: would it, be difficult for them to reconcile how he's still going out with Becky Lynch, though.
0: But, that didn't, but they're not mentioned that anymore, though, are they? But Renee
1: Young and Dean Ambrose, you just go,
0: I don't know, just don't <laughs> talk about it at home. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, Steve Winyard says, move two or five live guys and the title to NXT.
0: Could happen when they go to FS1.
2: Raw's three hours long. Get those
0: guys back on Raw.
2: Yeah, yeah. purple
1: ropes and everything. Maybe not.
2: Uh, we got a... £5 pound super chat, but the message was retracted, and I can't say who it's from, so thanks whoever it was. Thank you. Uh, Jan says, will Luke finally admit the mandible claw looks great on the Fiend? I, I don't didn't, know if you've I, d- I didn't say it
1: was bad, did I? You no. were initially down on the idea of him using it. Was I? Yeah. Oh. Because I was pro it, <laughs> and...
0: History will say, say me as the winner there. Well, absolutely. And then in which case, if I did say it was bad, I don't remember tiddy saying... I don't remember being that against it that I was like... Yeah, you weren't... It was doubt- like a defining character trait for yeah. me. But yeah, maybe I just said that. Maybe what I said was, I don't think he needs a new finisher because he, I think Sister oh, Abigail yeah, is yeah. still over. But yeah, it's, it's fine to add it to a uh, repertoire, absolutely.
2: Uh, Michael Montiel says DIY to Smackdown also would love to see Gargano versus Styles
0: yeah I was going to say DIY to Smackdown is what we were saying on the NXT mm-hmm. stream I think that'd be great
2: uh, Graham Scriven is back again saying Ken to turn heel told you so again
1: <laughs> yeah I, I, I can't wait to watch that angle especially with Shibata coming oh, back Shibata things so I'm really cool. looking forward to it's watching really the show really great
2: so good. Uh, Tomo, uh, Tomo says, uh, wait a minute. Edge hitting a spear in Toronto. Biggie heel turn confirmed.
1: <laughs> it's going to happen. We
2: missed you last night, Tomo, man. Everyone oh, no. was
1: asking after you in the
2: chat. <laughs> uh, Danny W says, just an FYI WWE had to clear Edge for that spear.
0: Well, of course they would do. Yeah. I mean, they had to clear everyone to hit moves.
2: Yep. Uh, Has6 says, Fiend versus Stroman, could this work? I mean, that, that's a good story to tell because. The, of the existing Ryan family.
1: family stuff I but actually really like it. I, I again I don't think that's his next feud. No. I feel like it's too
0: big time. That's or, why I think Matt Hardy's like a good yeah. stepping stone.
2: I think should be like the one after next. Or yeah, maybe the one yeah, after that. Yeah. Uh Slayer X Unknown says Good afternoon guys. Super chat for super people. Oh, Thanks, mate oh, Thank mates. you very much. Uh Tomo's back again. Tomo uh to say, you got it wrong Ollie, the Toronto Raptors Raptors actually won the Super Bowl. Get it right <laughs>
0: Don't trigger the comments. People get really, really annoyed about it. That's what I've discovered over this weekend. People get really, really annoyed if you make jokes about it. But it's fun to annoy those people. That's
2: <laughs> so why your local sports team jokes work. Yeah. Uh, Heel Dan from Pensacola, Florida says, Well, hello, Chopper. Hashtag Chopper is Illuminati. Hashtag Fiend is life.
0: Yeah, so this is a, a follow. So you said you weren't going to read out his comment from the NXT review. Yeah. Because you made the executive decision that it wasn't, for reading on air
2: sure because
0: i i I can't remember the words you said but you said it's not being read out on air and he then took the knock with you over the um super chat saying that it wasn't it wasn't perverted it was didn't have profanity in it and he's now just against you
2: fair enough (laughs) (laughs) Uh, jacob ward says cm punk chant when ricochet hit the anaconda vice oh yeah i forgot about that spot and we couldn't remember the name of it what's that called (laughs) snake move Uh, Topic Talk Wrestling says I bet they won't sell the Wyatt Lanterns online
0: (laughs) I I mean they've graduated from that bloody guts
2: Tristan Thorne says do you think that every time The Fiend starts a new rivalry that The Lamp should be the head of the last rivalry he Mm -hmm. took out I think that'd be sick as someone mentioned earlier that's very cool Uh, Sadako3 again says why do WWE champs bring their kids to SummerSlam
1: yeah bring, bring your family not? to work day to to see
0: see me get beaten up in a work environment yeah, yeah. maybe everyone saw beyond the mat and was like that, that mick foley's family had a wonderful time at the royal rumble 1999
1: stand I, by me <laughs> so let's all have
0: that do you remember when you thought it'd be a good idea for us to all sing stand by me during that at our live show you wanted to do you wanted to count along with the chair shots that, that wasn't my idea i can't remember whose idea that was but i think it was mine yeah by either way, both were, bad. both were bad ideas.
2: Jeremy Smith says, good day, gents. Had to miss SummerSlam, but couldn't miss a lovely time with the boys. Now I'm off to celebrate my birthday exploring Badlands National Park. Thanks so much for the consistent content. Oh,
1: happy, happy birth. birthday. Have a fun time in the park. Lovely time in the boys.
2: Lovely time in the park. Uh, Trent J <laughs> says, the fiend made me love WWE again. Yep. Yeah, I think that's that's... Yeah,
0: yeah good seen, a, seen a lot of like really sort of people going like, "Oh man, this is why I like pro wrestling. I can finally enjoy WWE again."
1: And it's like, I love New Japan, I love AEW, but this feels so like WWE at its best. In, in their area, this is it's peak sports WWE. and, it's,
0: and it. it's wonderful.
2: Uh, Adrian Wells says, "When do you think Velveteen Dream will get the call up? What's next for Bray?"
0: Um well let's answer the dream question because we don't really know what's next for Bray. But um I don't know man like we I thought he'd have been called up this year because he was kind of he it, it kind of ran out of things to do in NXT but he still got the championship so probably not anytime soon.
1: Yeah I think maybe after Mania next year.
0: Yeah. But also if I'm dream I'm not in any rush mate because you're not going to get those entrances when you get to the main I roster. You gonna you got a Bobby your career.
1: If NXT is going to FS1 maybe they want to keep him as a featured player on that. That's very true.
2: Uh, Yoshi Nokami says, Hello there, guys. Love your work. The Kofi versus Auto match was worse for us in the crowd because we couldn't see the family angle, and to uh. us, the match just ended without any reason.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, to be honest, actually, the way they filmed it and showed it on the network, they, they didn't show the referee counting. The bell just rang, and the commentators went, Oh, it's a count out. Yeah. So anticlimactic. Yeah. Uh,
2: John Michael Bagsane says, uh, Matt Riddle to retire Goldberg hey man like
0: it feels like that if if WWE is smart they would try and capitalize on this yeah
1: I think they're they're building it as well because yeah. they, they had an interaction on that uh, watch along with Riddle and Goldberg
0: I don't know if that was what Riddle told a story about and he met Goldberg and Goldberg mm. was very upset with the comments that he made about Super Showdown yeah. but what I don't want this to be is Will Ospreay Vader yeah uh, that's the last thing I want this to be
1: yeah Riddle should like Goldberg can lose and it's fine and it actually that will massively elevate Riddle yeah.
2: Uh, Joey the Dragon Venom Machine is back again saying Smackdown Live Brock comes out F5's Kofi
0: yeah I, it could happen yeah, yeah. certainly we're building into October
2: Steve Winyard says what next for Braid Lesnar to put over The Fiend
1: uh, I wouldn't put Brock in that slot we've already talked about it potentially being Matt Hardy's a good yeah. idea uh,
2: Tim Arnt is back again saying I sold my wrist more than Seth sold his ribs <laughs>
1: <laughs> again because Tim Arnt was so excited by The Fiend he furiously masturbated. And injured himself.
2: David Cantliff says, uh, the fiend is my new spirit animal. Yeah, he's great. Oh, what a terrifying
1: spirit <laughs> animal.
2: Uh, Nico the arms dealer says, I think Becky learned the sharpshooter from watching the Rock perform it. It was that bad.
1: <laughs> you got to sell it more than the person
0: in the movie. Yeah, rock. I was going to say, it always did look like Rock was being hurt by it. like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I'm getting cramp.
2: I'm getting cramp. Uh, Jeff Perulo says, "Fiend versus Demon at Clash, please. I'll be rocking my support, my support WrestleTalk sign, second row on camera." Oh, nice. Their ad is for Roman Daniel Bryan at Clash, supposedly.
0: Okay. I mean, it's it's always kind of subject to change. I think they're already advertising like matches for Hell in a Cell, which is no way months out. So, it may happen. It may not happen. But um, I mean, it very well may happen. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get Demon though at Clash Champions if the reports are he's going away for a bit.
1: I'm glad that you've got a support WrestleTalk t-shirt, though. There was a Cultaholic one opposite the hard cap.
0: I think he said a sign. He's going to take a sign with him. So, I mean, either way. Thank you.
2: Uh, Undisputed Zaya's back again saying, Soon I will take over. Run.
1: Soon I will take over. Who said that?
2: Uh, Undisputed Zaya. Okay. Mm, Cool.
1: Cool. Good for you. Mm.
2: Marcus Roman says, Fiend versus Taker at Mania, so Taker passes the torch.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a great... I I would actually... a, A brave burying his own demons going up against all those big feuds of the past which he has done on Twitter he's sort of addressed them Yeah, and that would be a really nice like make good
0: for that feud yeah it really would do Uh,
2: Daki Smurf says The Fiend versus Luke Harper
0: well that would require Luke Harper to get on TV (laughs) and nothing that's happening anytime soon
1: and I just don't think it's you know Luke Harper's got no momentum people have kind of forgotten about him unfortunately
2: so that's not a good idea he
0: can't do a southern accent so why bother putting him on TV
2: uh, Uncle Nunny says Fiend versus Taker at Survivor Series Fiend wins with the Manable Claw Love it I think it's <laughs> a great idea yeah. uh, Tomo it's back Tomo. again generous uh, donation saying I do apologise for not being at either the TakeOver or SummerSlam streams I've been really sick lately and have been getting out of bed very late at least I'll be here for tomorrow's stream I hope oh, oh, well, mate, I feel well, better Tomo yeah, Absolutely yeah uh, Marcus Roman says, "Can't help that I love creepy clowns, but I do find this to be pushing out of PG era, uh, making me love everything with Bray's new gimmick and scaring kids."
0: Yeah, it's still within the PG confines, though. Oh, it's pushing it, though.
2: Uh, yeah, but it's still but within, in but it's, in a good way. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: but it's like the um, the takeover main event. Like that was a PG match, but it was pushing the boundaries of what you mm. can do within the PG limits. I
1: love like when I think about back up being a child myself seeing that really scary stuff and it was like probably too adult for me but not too too adult for me I
0: that, that, that'll impact a lot of kids that'll be burnt into their memories Jurassic Park yeah, yeah like Jurassic Park I saw Jurassic Park in the cinema when I was 7 years old and my dad was like not sure if he was gonna take me to go and see it because he uh, read the book and he was like, the book's very violent. Like, I don't know if I should take my, my kid to go see it, but it's Spielberg so it should be okay. And he said the first thing I did during that raptor sequence is I just buried my head into his arm because I couldn't look at the screen. And he went, "Oh, I've made a terrible error. <laughs> I was fine after that though. Character was building. To after- yeah, so the point when I was talking to my friend about it the following day, I had no memory of that scene whatsoever.
2: It's funny you should mention it affecting kids because Tristan Thorne just says, By the way, The Fiend has given my seven-year-old nightmares. Definitely shows how creepy he is. Perfection.
1: (laughs) Character building. Character building.
2: Uh, I missed one from earlier, so I'm going to go back and check that real quick. Apologies Killjoy, uh, who said, I listened to your SummerSlam 2000 review recently. Big thanks for Ollie for getting the words check' stuck in my head for the last couple of days.
1: (laughs) Did they tell that story? He did, yeah. Bona check. -check. Ah... (laughs)
2: Uh, undisputed, <laughs> undisputed. Zyra is back. Just saying. Just trying to get over, guys.
1: Cool. Cool. Yeah. Mm. Keep at it. Uh,
2: Has six says, Will Matt Hardy be broken or not against the Fiend? Um, I
0: don't think it matters.
1: Uh, yeah, I, w- I would prefer not goofy. I would prefer like serious Matt trying to talk Bray down. Yeah. Otherwise, you you put you don't want to put the Fiend, which feels serious, in with the more wacky side of the Woken universe. Yeah, completely.
2: Uh, and then it's just Killjoy who just reminded me to find the super chat that I missed earlier. So that is all. Well, a conspiracy.
1: <laughs> Skipping people's comments. Chopper hates super It was super an cats. accident. <laughs>